Welcome to Bill Bronchick's Real Estate Investing Podcast. Mr. Bronchick is an attorney, best-selling author, and a real estate investor with 25 years' experience. For more information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com. Today's topic is goal setting for real estate riches, realistic goal setting for real estate riches, to be more specific. And I think this is going to help you to uh, really hone in your focus on what you should be doing to create a business plan, an action plan, and goals for your real estate investing. I think so many people really just don't don't succeed in real estate investing because they don't have a good plan. Uh, a real estate is a business like any other, and the more you plan. Uh, the more likely you are to succeed. If you don't plan, more likely to not succeed. So just try to take uh, notes on some of what I'm talking about, and I hope that uh, you will take it into action and not just uh, say that was a really interesting discussion, but actually use and implement some of the uh, techniques, topics, and ideas that I'm going to share with you today uh, on this call. So the first thing, uh, I'm just going to give you the 360 degree view of, of what I think it takes to succeed in real estate. Uh, I've been a real estate investor for 28 years. Um, I also ran a real estate investor association in Colorado with thousands of members, um, three meetings a month for 18 years, spoken at just about every major real estate investment association and conference in the country. So I think I know a thing or two on what it takes to succeed in real estate, having not only done it myself, coached other people, but just met thousands of people in my interactions through these groups. Uh, and I see some patterns of people who succeed and people who don't. So um, I hope this will be helpful for you in putting together your real estate investing goals. Uh, the first thing that you want to do is write down your dreams, because that's what it's really about. It's not really about real estate. I mean, if you've got a big ego and you want to brag about how many properties you have and, you know, the art of the deal, so to speak, you know, <laughs> you know what we're talking about there. Uh, and I understand that because I really enjoy putting deals together. But the bottom line is, is, is real estate is a means to an end. It's a way to create the dream life that you want. So start with writing down what those dreams are. And be very specific and be really outrageous about it. That's okay to do, to say, I want to travel the world once every three years. I want to live in a foreign country for six months out of the year. I want a house in Vail and a house in, in uh, San Diego and a house in Miami. I want to send my kids to Ivy League schools and my grandkids to Ivy League school. Whatever your dreams are. Just make them big, make them specific, and make them bold. The next thing you want to do is calculate your goals. So your goals are how you're going to get to your dreams. And they're more specific. They're more numerical. They're, so, for example, if your dream is, I want to be completely retired at age 60. And everybody has a different idea of what that means. So let's let's be specific. 
at 60 years old, you want to not have to work if you don't want to. You may still work uh, because you enjoy what you do. Um, you may do some part-time work or maybe volunteer work, whatever, but you don't have to work. And for you, that means, let's say, for example, that means $10,000 a month in passive income, income that you don't have to work for. It just comes in every month, $10,000, whether it's rental income, um, whether you're putting out investments that produce a return in a partnership or hard money loans or tax things, whatever it is. So let's say that's $10,000 a month for you. So what you're going to have to do is create an, next an action plan. How am I going to get to that $10,000 a month? And it's going to be different depending on where you live, what you're starting with, how old you are, and your skill set. So if you create an action plan that says, well, I want 10000 a month, let's say, for example, in your market, that's 10 free and clear houses. Each one after all expenses, including management, because remember, this is passive income, would produce $1,000 a month net. And that would get you to your goal of uh, at 60 years old. And let's say you're starting at 50, 10 years, 10 houses. So you'd buy 10 houses probably early uh, and then work to pay them off over the next, uh, you know, the remaining term, seven, eight years. That, that's a very doable, specific action plan. Okay. Um, and the action plan is also, it's not just uh, the 10 year action plan, but you want something one year, six months, one month, one week. Okay. And plan it out. Next, you want to do is assess your skill sets. What skills are you lacking that you need to, to create these uh, dreams into a reality, to execute your goals and your action plan? So you've got to sit down and with a piece of paper and write down, this is what I'm good at, this is what I'm not good at. If you're not good at it, you have a couple choices. You could hire it out. You could contract it out. You could partner with someone who has those skills, or you can learn them yourself. Now, depending on what the skill set is, it may not be worth learning. For example, let's say you're just not real good at keeping books. You know, you spend money, you write checks, you don't balance your checking account, you don't know how to do a profit and loss. You could learn accounting and learn QuickBooks and, and, and really dial that in so you know you have a measurement uh, system to measure where you are, where you're going, and, and how you're doing, and that's all very, very important, but it, it, it may be more effective to spend your time looking for deals and, and contract out a bookkeeper to do that for you, okay? Other skills like negotiating, evaluating deals, um, learning how to finance properties, those are skill sets that I think that you should learn, you should get to know. Uh, that's stuff that you can't always contract out. Or if you do contract it out, it's going to cost you a lot, i.e. a partner taking half of your profits. So we're going to write down our dreams, calculate your goals, create an action plan, assess your skill sets. And next is to plan your calendar. And I believe in planning it weekly and daily. I have a calendar. If you ever take a look at my calendar, I'll show you a screenshot sometimes. It looks totally like I am I am just overloaded and busy 
But actually, I'm very, very free because I've planned out my week so carefully, my day so carefully as to not waste time. And so many people just don't plan out their day or plan out their week. And then the old proverbial, you know, forgive the expression, shit happens. <laughs> and you end up uh, uh, being um, a slave to what outside forces and outside people and conditions uh, do to you rather than planning it out. And part of that, by the way, is free time or time with your family or, or time uh, taking care of yourself and your health and exercise. You know, those are all things you should plan out in your calendar. And then finally, take massive action. There is no shortcut to this. This is going to take work. Anybody who goes on TV or on a seminar stage or on a book says you can get rich from real estate quick is lying to you. You can get broken real estate quick if you don't know what you're doing, but you can't get rich quick. It takes time. Uh, now, you can leverage that learning curve, because there is a learning curve. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell, in his book, says uh, it takes 10,000 hours to master your craft. Ask any athlete, actor, business person, they've spent 10,000 hours mastering their craft. Uh, and if you spent 10 hours a week doing that, it would probably take you somewhere around 20 years to get there. Now, you, you don't have to do that. You can leverage other people's experience uh, with partners, a mentor, a coach, and, and, uh, and going to seminars and learning more to, to shorten that, that learning curve. And there's no reason you should do it all on your own. Uh, you, you, there's so much good information out there. There's some bad information too, but there's so many good people offering good information, uh, myself included, of course, but there are other of my colleagues who, who offer great information as well. Okay, next what I want to talk about before we go into detail into those, uh, those steps that I just mentioned is the perceived obstacles to success. And these you know, usually are called excuses, which are nothing more than reasons wrapped up in a lie. I didn't make that up. I heard someone say that once, and I really liked it. So uh, an excuse is a reason wrapped up in a lie. You're lying to yourself, so you can excuse not having to do it. And some of those things are, I don't have enough money. I got to find the money because I can't buy real estate without money. Not true. I don't have the time. Yes, you do. There are 24 hours in a day. The same 24 hours that the President of the United States has, Mother Teresa has, or every successful person had in their life. It's just a matter of you choosing what to do with it. I don't know what to do. Well, that's, again, another excuse. You can hire other people's experience to figure out. So. You don't have to know how to go from contract to closing to make an offer on a property. All you need to know is what the seller wants and construct an offer. And then you can hire someone to, to coach you through you know, the rest of it. So don't be afraid to make an offer. A lot of people say, uh, I'm afraid to make an offer because I might get rejected. But I think it's more often than not is they're afraid they might get accepted. And then they go, oh, holy crap, what do I do now? <laughs> so the next excuse or perceived obstacle is I'm, I'm afraid of failure. And if you have a lot of money and assets, 
uh, or a decent living and, and assets and a family to support and a good job, even though it's not where you want to be, you want to be at a higher financial uh, place, being afraid to fail and lose what you've got is a realistic you know, thought. But if you're starting with absolutely nothing, you should be, have nothing to fear. The reality is, if you know what you're doing and you take an educated risk, I don't mean take risks that are, are you know, wild and crazy, because business has risks, real estate has risks, you could lose money, yes, you can. But if you learn what you're doing and you do your research and you have people you could rely on for advice, then that risk of, of failure goes way down and you can succeed at a much higher pace or limit your risk of failure to a minimum. And of course, there's the old, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too sick, after my divorce, after this happens, I have this happen to me, that happened to me. Those are all, again, just excuses. Just excuses. Reasons wrapped up in a lie. So you got to get your brain out of that. Belief is job number one. Now, some people have some real good excuses or reasons why they can't succeed. Um, um, I was in a car accident and I'm paralyzed from the neck down. Uh, I have cancer. Uh, my spouse left me. I had a terrible upbringing. I'm poor. You know, that's great. But, you know, those are all good reasons. But it's not a matter of what happens to you in life. It's what you do in, in response to that that matters. So your mind is the only thing you have complete control over, so get control over those thoughts. Napoleon Hill said in his book, Think and Grow Rich, whatever you can conceive and believe, you can achieve. And I really believe that. I believe that any idea that you had in your head, any fleeting thought of success or doing big things, God put it in there for a reason, because you could do it. You have the tools. You have, or you can learn the tools. But if you could believe it, you could do it. And if your beliefs hold them back, then don't be afraid to change them. So, for example, if you say, I can't afford it, you have to change that, that thought in your head and get control and, and ask yourself, how can I afford it? Not, I can't afford it. How can I afford it? I don't have the time. Change that to a... I'll make the time. I need money to make money. I need skills and other people's money to make money. Change is risky. True, but boldness is rewarded. I feel fear. When you feel fear, the best thing to do is take a step forward. So getting control of your brain, your mind, your mindset, and your belief system is really going to be the mo one of the most important things to success in business, whether it be real estate or anything else. So let's go into the specific points that I talked about earlier, starting with your dreams. Start with your bucket list and don't hold back. Be as specific as possible. You know, don't just say, well, I, I want to have more freedom. Uh, I want to spend more time with my family. Uh, those are good things, but be specific. I want to spend X hours a week with my family and my, and my grandkids. I want to go on 
a month a year of vac of worth of vacations with my with my family or my spouse or my kids and or my grandkids. Be very specific when you do that. Then we develop our goals because our goals are going to support our dreams. Now, I've heard a lot of people say that you should write down all these goals, write down you know thousands of goals, everything you ever wanted in life. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I think if you really want to get good at something, you've got to focus. So I would suggest that for the for the short term, start with your three most important goals, your three most important ones. And you know, you may have ones in your life like I want to learn French. Well, if you're a multimillionaire, you can bring a, a French translator with you to Paris, all right? <laughs> you don't necessarily have to do that, but it's one of those, oh, I, it's, I always wanted to. Focus on the real important ones. If you want to become, um, uh, you, you want to have a certain amount of cash flow by a, by a certain time and have a certain amount of freedom in your life and a certain amount of retirement goals, focus on those first. Once you're well on your way to those, then you can work on your other goals. And of course, goals should be, you've probably heard this before. If you haven't, I don't know, you're in a cave somewhere, but I'll go over it anyway. SMART, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, with a timetable. Specific, measurable, action-oriented, realistic, with a timetable. So when you write down your goals, make sure they are very specific, measurable because you can't manage what you can't measure they are action oriented so there's a, there's a to do with it they got to be realistic i mean there's nothing wrong with saying i want to retire in five years and i'm starting with nothing that may not be totally unrealistic it's a big one but if you say i want to make a million dollars wholesaling in my first year you're not going to make a million dollars wholesaling in your first year that's just not going to happen that's unrealistic and of course, a timetable, because a goal without a timetable is just a dream. These are goals. These aren't dreams. Next, we said create an action plan. Ask yourself every day when you, when you get up in the morning, what specific steps can I take today, this week, this month to further my goals? What specific steps? So it's not just a matter of reading your goals and dreaming about it and closing your eyes and picture. You know, look, that's all great stuff. But what specific steps can I do right now? Right now. It's the 80-20 rule. You've probably heard that expression before. 20% of your efforts will result in 80% of your achievements. And the other 80% of what you do is the last 20%. So, so you can decide for yourself, am I going to be like a type A and work 100% to get 100%? Or am I going to be a normal person? Sorry, type A's. <laughs> and focus on the 20%, which is not a lot of time, but it takes mental focus. That's going to produce 80% of my results. And I can tell you from experience, I've done that. I had a big office. I had 18 employees. I was doing 100%. And after about six years, I said, you know what? I could downsize it to three or four employees, work a lot less and enjoy a lot more and have a lot less stress and still have 80% of the results by doing 20% on the focus things. And that's where I am now and I love it. 
It only takes one bold action a day to achieve big results. But most people don't do it. They dilly-dally around on the 80% instead of the 20%. you got to figure out for yourself what specific one big thing I could do. And it may only take 15 minutes. It may be a phone call. It may be driving by a house. It may be a conversation with a seller. Whatever it is, one big bold thing a day to achieve big results. Next, assess your skill sets. What specific skill sets do I need to achieve my goals? And again, either where can I learn them if they're really important or can I hire or outsource some of those? So write down all those skill sets and figure out which ones you need to learn that are real important and the ones you can outsource to someone else. If you're a control freak, you're going to want to do your own books. You're going to want to balance your own account. You're going, to, you're going to want to set up your own website. But you know what? Those aren't the important things. Those are not the 20%. Those are the 80%. The 20% are making offers, negotiating with sellers, doing marketing, talking to people, creating alliances, creating partnerships that are profitable, finding money sources. That's the 20%. Learn those. Outsource the other stuff. Next, plan your week carefully. You should take at least 30 minutes to plan your week every week. I like to do it on Sunday night. Some people like to do it on Monday morning, whatever. But take 30 minutes to plan your week. Now, what I like to do is most people use electronic calendars these days or electronic to-do lists. Um, Gmail is the big one, the Gmail calendar. I like that because you can have multiple colors and multiple calendars. So I have multiple calendars within my calendar and each one is a different color. So I have um, to-dos, meetings, out-of-the-office things, calls, etc, 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 even personal items. And each one's a different color and I fill my whole week up from 7 in the morning to 7 at night, all seven days. Now, you might think that's a little nutty, that's a little, you know, crazy, but the fact is I get so much more done. Do I get it all done? No, of course I don't. I'm always moving things around every day, rescheduling things a lot because I, you know, got a little sidetracked, but it's so much better than just winging it. And remember, when you plan your week, plan those 20% things first. Stephen Covey, in his book, First Things First, talks about filling up a bucket with rocks, big rocks, small rocks, and sand. And he asks the question, in what order do I have to put those things into the bucket to get it all in? So if you start with sand, you'll never get the big rocks in. If you start with the small rocks, you'll never get the big rocks in. you got to start with the big rocks, then the small rocks, and then fill it in with sand. That's the only way to fill a bucket. Big rocks are those things that the 20% that produces the 80% of results, the big, bold things. So start your week by planning those chunks in time. And I don't like to-do lists. The problem with electronic to-do lists is what happens when you don't do a to-do? Nothing. It just rolls over to the next day. Whereas if you say, I have to do this really important thing, and I'm going to do it on Tuesday at between 2 and 4 o'clock, be very specific. And that way it comes up in your calendar at what? 
it's time to do that thing right now. Maybe you got sidetracked, you need to drag it back to 2.30, whatever. But if you use that system of calendaring out your whole week, you're so much more productive. I, I found, I've been doing that for years and, and, and so much more productive than having appointments and a calendar and then a to-do list, which is just a big long-running list without any um, priority, timeline, limits of time, how long it's going to take, and so forth. If you, if you throw those things into your calendars as to-do, as appointments, then you get a lot more done. Okay, so make sure you plan your week out first that way. Your mother always told you, watch out who you hang around with. And I think that's important. Who you hang around with is going to up your game or bring down your game. Now, I don't know if anybody out there is a skier or a golfer, but I love skiing and golfing with people who are better than me. Why? Because it ups my game. When I ski with someone who sucks... I'm constantly waiting for them. I'm not challenging myself. Same thing with golf. If I play golf with someone who sucks, I'm watching them curse and break clubs, and it's not fun. I'd rather be inspired by someone who's really great and can give me a few tips, or I have to keep up with them. That Do the same thing in your business and your finances and success in life. Hang out with people who up your game, not bring you down. If you're the big fish in the small pond, get out of the small pond. Get into the bigger pond. Trust me, if you put the egos thing aside, it's better to be a small to medium-sized fish in an ocean than it is to be the big fish in the small pond. So change the pond if you're not challenged enough. Get into a bigger playing field. And that's the problem of being self-employed, not having a boss to challenge you. Sometimes having a coach to set goals with you and hold you to it will increase your your success and will bring up your game a lot more. Jim Rohn, who was uh, a very famous motivational speaker, who was actually Tony Robbins' mentor, said, you will become the average sum of the five people with whom you associate. I believe that. If you hang out with five broke people, you're not going to get rich. Or it's going to be real hard. Because you know why? They'll resent you. They're not going to, they're going to say, oh, you don't want to do that. Oh, that's really risky. Oh, I know some of them lost money in real estate. Why do people do that? And sometimes even your friends and relatives will do that. Because if you succeed at it, they have to look at themselves in the mirror and say, what's my excuse? So people love to see on the news that so-and-so was scammed in an investment and the person who scammed them went to jail. And so they could say, well, it's a good thing I didn't do that. I didn't take that risk and therefore I'm safe. You're not going to hear on the news as someone, you know, read a book or went to a seminar in real estate and became a multimillionaire in 10 years. <laughs> because people don't like that kind of news because it makes them feel bad about themselves because what's their excuse for it? So make sure you hang out with people who will bring you up and support you, not try to bring you down. Now, if you've been in real estate a while in business and nothing's working for you, I will implore you to try what I call the Costanza principle. Do <laughs> you remember the, not everybody is a Seinfeld fan, but there was an episode in Seinfeld where George, who's particularly a loser most of the time, um, decided one day to do the opposite 
of everything he always did. Every impulse that he had to do something or say something, he decided he was going to do the opposite. And that actually made some sense because up till then, everything he did and said wasn't working. And all of a sudden, everything started happening for him. He walks up to a woman and he says, Hi, I'm George. I'm unemployed. I live with my parents. <laughs> and she says, Nice to meet you. Where normally he'd lie and say he's an architect or something like that. So again, if things aren't working, try the opposite. Again, back to the 80-20 rule. Strive to be effective with your day, not efficient. What's the difference? Efficiency is busy work. Effectiveness takes a lot less time but more mental discipline by focusing on what matters most. You know, most people, and myself included, avoid working out sometimes because it's very painful. Not physically, really, but it's more mentally painful. But you could, it only takes half hour to 45 minutes. People have a half hour to 45 minutes a day. You know, they say they don't have time, and I use that excuse sometimes too. I'm, I'm you know, no exception. But you really do have the time if you have the discipline. Get in the action habit. Always ask yourself, what's the next step? So you talk to a seller, and they say, no, I'm not interested in your offer. So what's the next step? Well, most people throw out the lead. No. Say, hey, Joe, is it okay if I follow up with you in a week or so with a call or in a month or so and see how you're doing? Or you have some maybe mediocre interest. What's the next step? When can we talk? When can we meet? Okay. What can I do today to buy a house? Ask yourself that. Is what you're doing right now helping you buy a house or a property? If you've got a challenge, and things aren't working, don't ask yourself, why does this always happen to me? Because your brain's going to answer with something you don't like, like, because you're an idiot. Ask yourself instead, what can I do to fix this problem? Or what's the opportunity I am missing in this situation? Even if it's just learning something new. Motivation is a difficult thing for people in success. And I found that there's pain to motivate you and there's pleasure. Those are the two driving factors, the carrot and the stick. Now, if you're self-employed or you're, you're the boss in your business, it's hard sometimes to motivate yourself. Or if you work in a company, you have a good job, you're an engineer, you got a 401k, you got your kids in school you got to pay for, and you're not suffering. And it's, it's, it's easy when you're, I mean, when you're at the bottom, when things are really bad, pain will motivate you. Or if you had a really hard upbringing or a bad situation that you grew up with, pain like that and memories will motivate you to succeed. But if you just grew up in an average middle-class family and you have a decent job and you went to college and everything's pretty much okay but not really what you want to do for the rest of your life, and it's hard to motivate yourself. But you have to do is motivate yourself by thinking this way. I'm 50 years old. Do I really want to be doing this in 65 or even later because I have to pay for my kids college and then maybe I have to support my aging parents and, and so forth and I got to save more of my 401k and invest more. It's like a frog in, in water. If you put a frog in cold water 
it, it'll just sit there because that's what they're used to. If you put a frog in hot boiling water, he'll jump out. But if you put a frog in cold water and then slowly turn it up, you get frog soup. So don't become frog soup is what I'm saying. If you're comfortable where you are, you have to use the pain of the future idea of, I can't believe I'm still doing this 10 years later and I said I wasn't going to. That way, you don't become frog soup. Maybe you're just in a rut, but you know what the difference between a rut and a grave is? The depth of a hole. You got to be totally unreasonable to succeed at this business. Most people are reasonable. Sheeple. Sheep. They get herded. Unreasonable people demand outrageous results. So if people are going, you're crazy, you're too demanding, you're out of your mind, that was, that's good. That's good. You should be one of those people because most people who are reasonable are average. And they have average lives, average financial situations, and they miss out on all the goals and dreams that they want in their life. So be unreasonable. Also be in the habit of being decisive. Napoleon Hill wrote in his book, Thinking Grow Rich, analysis of several hundred people who had accumulated fortunes well beyond the million dollar mark disclosed the fact that every one of them had a habit of reaching decisions promptly. People who fail to accumulate wealth without exception have the habit of reaching decisions, if at all, very slowly. Shoot first, ask questions later. When in doubt, make that offer to that seller. When in doubt, go take the action, and then we'll adjust later. Always take the shot. That's what Wayne Gretzky said. 100% of all offers not made are not accepted. My mother always told me, you never know what you get until you ask. Now, in terms of the business, you're going to run into problems. Welcome problems as part of the process of success. If you want to get rid of your problems, don't think that success is going to make your problems go away. You'll just get bigger problems. <laughs> so if you don't like your problems, get bigger ones. Accept bigger problems as part of playing big. And finally, never, ever, ever give up. Abraham Lincoln was goofy looking, suffered from depression, had several nervous breakdowns. His girlfriend died. He buried his son. He went bankrupt in business several times, ran for legislature several times and lost. And the rest is history. So don't give up. If you have that dream in your head, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Don't let any excuse stop you from doing it, go for it. Information and free articles and videos, visit his website at www.legalwiz.com.